Amen. All right. Thanks, Pete. Uh, I'm just going to move a few things around here. Just kind of, yeah. All right. Did you guys have a good time today? Well, it feels like we've been here longer than that, doesn't it? It's crazy. And uh, it was fun, like, doing the, the mixer this morning. We, um, one of the things in the mixer was, like, telling a joke. Did anybody get, have, like, a really good joke? Did anybody hear any really good jokes? No? You, you did? Yeah. yeah. How's it go? You told it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. You know there's certain jokes you just kind of remember? You, you want me to tell it? Yeah. Sure? Okay. All right. These two strings um, walk into a bar, and the bartender looks at them and goes, hey, points up at a sign. This is no strings allowed. We don't serve your kind in here. And one of them is just like, it's just so embarrassed. He's like, let's get out of here. The other one's like indignant. He's like, no, no. He's like, no, no, let's get out of here. And they get out of there. And the strings are outside. And the guy, one string is like, ah, oh, that was so, I'm mortified. And the other guy, this isn't right. This isn't right. I'm going back in there. He says, no, 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 don't go back in there. He says, I'm going back in there. But you can't go in there. You're a string. He goes, tie me up. He said, what? He said, tie me up. So he ties him up. And then he goes, now mess up my hair. Huh? Mess up my hair. And he messes up his hair. He walks in there. And the bartender goes, hey, aren't you a string? He said, nope, I'm afraid not. <laughs> that was a pretty good joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> it's always good to start off with a bad joke, right? Um, You know, our goal is what? what? And our problem is life. Goal is love. Problem is life. You know, you know that, that's a lot like the Olympics when you think about it. The, 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 an Olympian sets a goal, and then they've, they've got to overcome all the problems to achieve that goal. They're going to they're going to change their um, their schedule to achieve that goal. They're going to change out who they hang out with and who they listen to. They they are going to um, work on their form. They're going to work on their mental state. They're going to work on their conditioning. They're going to do this over and over and over again. And in the case of the Olympics, they're going to they're going to train for over four years for one shot, for just one shot, and having it all come together. And so they can't afford to let anything get in the way of that. Now, I did not qualify for the Olympics this year. Can you believe it? I mean, there were a number of sports that I did not qualify in, and the number one, one that I did not qualify in was, uh, was platform diving. And, you know, I don't know why, but like uh, years ago, I remember uh, I, could, I could get on the edge of the pool, and I could I could do the backflip, and I could actually get on the, the low dive and do that same backflip with reasonable success. So I figured, I'm going to try the high dive. And I went, and I got up on the high dive, and there's just something about that high dive. You know, you start to go for it, but I always had to look. Like, while I was in the middle of the jump, I had to look, which caused me to twist, which probably would have been cool if I could have twisted all the way around, but I never quite could, not smack, like the side of my just the side of my face and, the, you know, we get all red and everything. And so I tried again, 
Same result. I tried again. Same result. I stopped trying. Smart. <laughs> and because I, I was never going to be an Olympic diver. I never wanted to be. And there was just no purpose in it. That's okay to quit something like that because of pain. But if the goal of life was to complete a high dive backflip, it would not be okay. If that actually was the goal of life, it would not be okay to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm done trying. And if our goal is, is love, it's just not okay to say, I'm, I'm done trying. But sometimes we feel pain and we want to stop. Sometimes we, we think that it's, it's just too hard or it's too impossible. And just there's certain venues and certain arenas where, where just love isn't even part of the equation. It's not part of the equation for them, so why should it be part of the equation for me? But if, if love is the goal, if at the end of the day we, we believe the Lord, and he said, that's, that's my purpose for you, that you love one another, then, then we, can't, we can't quit. So how do, we, how do we practice, right? How do we do what Olympians do when it comes to love? There's a word called worship. And I, I like to think of worship as, as a workshop for, for working out God's purposes. And, and it's, it's, it's really tempting to think of, of worship as what we just saw you know, of like people jumping up and singing and, and, um, and doing like motions without any kind of prompting in there. I was like, are we in a cult? What's going on here? You know, but like, and, and that's all, that's incredible. Um, but worship is, is so much more than that. Worship is, is not only just this body experience, it's your whole self. It's, it's everything. And it's not just singing, it's life. It's it, it's what you give. And, and I said I wanted to, to, um, to look at love and life through relationships. And, and I want to look tonight at one of the early relationships, still in the fa- family of Adam and Eve. It's their sons, Cain and Abel. Cain's their firstborn son. And he goes to worship God. And he offers him something that doesn't please God. The, the Bible says that he offered some of the fruits of the land, just some of what he had, giving you the sense that it, it was less than his best. And his brother Abel comes to worship the Lord, and he, he gives the fat portions of his firstborn flock. And it says the Lord was pleased with Abel's worship. And he was displeased with Cain. And so Cain, Cain says, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. I, 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 I'm not going to play by the rules. And he murders his brother out of jealousy, out of anger, out of being so inwardly focused that he, that he can't see past to get to love. And the consequences are devastating. He's, he's banished from his family. And I, I can only picture that 
the one who carried out the banishment was Adam himself. Tell his firstborn son, you got to get out of here. He's cursed by God. He's going to become a restless wanderer. And so he goes off and he, he builds a city. And he has his own children. And, and I wonder what it would be like to have talked to Cain sometime towards the end of his life. What, what his reflections would have been. So I, I want to look at this event through the eyes of Cain many, many years later, after he's established not just a village, but, but what he could actually legitimately call a city. His children, his grandchildren, maybe his great-grandchildren are around him, servants and maids and, and flocks and herds, and um, music has started to enter the scene, industry, all these kind of good things, but also some bad things. And he's in the midst of a city celebration, the tribal chieftain, and he's got something to say. Listen. Children. That you might not walk in the sins of your fathers. I was the firstborn of my family. Proud. Strong. Hopes of the family were on my shoulders. You see what I've built. All of you, my family, in this city, it's mine. And when you hunt and your eyes look out to the horizons and you see the mountains kiss the skies, everything you see, am I not the chief? And yet, I have no rest. I have no home. For God's curse is on me. Restless wanderer you will be. That's what he told me. God. Because I murdered my brother. I, the firstborn. On whom the hopes of the family were held. I murdered my brother. You see, he had come into the family and stolen what was mine. Stolen the kisses and affections of my mother. The proud nods of approval of my father. It was understandable. Abel, oh. <laughs> you should have seen him. He was a beautiful child. And his laughter, he had a way about him. When he would look up to the sky and see the birds flying or the sun shining on the mountaintop, he would lift up his hands and say, praise to the Lord. And my father would nod 
And he would, he'd make up songs. Sometimes they made no sense at all. But my mother would dance. My mother would dance. I thought, who is this bright-eyed, curly-headed wonder who has stolen the affections of my parents and brought me darkness? Oh, I can tell by the things I say, you would have liked him. He would make you like him, but he made me hate him. So I murdered him. It happened at the harvest sacrifice. See, my parents would say, you bring your best to the Lord at the sacrifice. And my mother would bring, she would bring the best bread that you ever smelt. She would put it on the altar. And my father would put a basket full of the sweetest figs. And the smell of them together was like heaven. And then we would offer up our prayers to God. And my father would share with each one of us a bowl of wine, sweet. We'd each take a drink, and then he'd pour out the wine on the offering table. I used to think, why? Why do we do this? I would say, why? It's good bread. They're wonderful figs. It's good wine. And then over the days, we watch the the birds eat it, and then the the flies come and and the maggots. My mother would say, Cain, it's because it pleases the Lord. It all comes from him. I was not giving my best for flies and maggots. And so another harvest sacrifice came. And this time my brother, he'd been tending sheep. And so it was his turn to join the sacrifice. There on the altar was my mother's bread, my father's figs. And I brought some of my vegetables. Not the worst, but not the best. And I could see... In my father's eyes, flat look of disapproval. I hardened myself, and I put my offering on the table. And then my brother Abel comes up with the fattest, choicest cut of lamb I had ever seen. And he lays it on the altar, and he says, for you, God, From the firstborn of my flock, for all things come from you, O Lord. We said our prayers. We drank the wine, and my father poured out the wine on the offering and said his usual words. Lord, have mercy on my family. I couldn't get away fast enough. I ran to my room. I lay in my bed and I just, I just lay there thinking about how I just had to be rid of my brother. And as I lay there, I fell asleep. 
As I slept, I dreamt. I saw his offering on the altar in light. And I ran and I ran. I ran to my hut. And there outside my hut was a beast waiting to pounce. And I heard a voice say, Cain, why are you so angry? Why are you so downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do what is wrong, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. I woke up sure that God had spoken to me. Do you know how easy it is to forget? Especially when day after day I compare my blessings to the blessings of my brother. So one day I said, Brother, come with me to the field. See the vegetables I've grown. They're good. And he came and as he was complimenting me. I killed him. So a curse is on my head. I was driven from my family. But now you're my family. I was made to be a restless wanderer, but I built this city. But I have no rest. For like my father's wine poured out on the ground, my brother's blood cries out to me. Children, listen. That you might not walk in my sins. May the Lord have mercy on you.